June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 9 of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. Today, I am having the pleasure of chatting with narrator Curtis Michael Holland. Thank you for being here, Curtis. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's 4.39 in the morning. I'm here with you. And <laughs> yeah, I've wanted to be on your podcast for, I don't know, as soon as I heard about it. Aww. Yeah. Thank you. So much so that you're up at 4.30 in the morning on technically Tuesday because you are abroad in Asia right now so wow but thank you for this i appreciate it my pleasure why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been narrating and how you got started okay uh so i've been narrating since 2020 maybe yeah summer 2020 and that happened because i've been teaching overseas and doing theater and stuff over here for the past uh over 10 years now so when the pandemic happened and all like, I don't know, it was, it was really dramatic over here, like in my life, not just in Asia. <laughs> so <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't act on stage anymore. I couldn't direct any shows either. And just everything, everything was like really bad. And I really wanted to act and I, I, I loved audiobooks. I feel like audiobooks and podcasts and things got me through that time and really I don't know. They, they got me through other things like dog walks and just, you know, when, when I was working out, sometimes I would listen to an audiobook instead of music. But so, so I kind of just looked into it. I was like, you know, what? we got time. Nobody's going anywhere. And so I went on the Internet and I found. I don't know. I found all this stuff and then I got I got to be OK at it. Yeah. Yeah. But you got, um, do you find that having that acting background has helped in that process of, you know, from the prepping to even voicing and giving the characters different tones and stuff like that oh so much and just being because i'm a I'm a theater teacher oh man my two truths and a lie isn't gonna work now but um, <laughs> i'll think of i'll think of another one oh, another but, um, <laughs> but since i teach theater like it really it they inform each other my narration and my and other voice acting and teaching it like it rotates and it you know it helps each other out yeah, yeah. but it definitely helps you know in understanding character analysis and the arc of a story and pacing and energy and intensity and all those things for sure i know a lot of times people think that it's the whole hey someone said i sound sexy i'm just gonna do an audiobook narration you know gig and i'm like that <laughs> that could be part of it i'm not gonna take that yeah. away you know if you sounded like urkel maybe not <laughs> you may want to get mm -hmm. some coaching on how to change that range a little bit where you talk like yeah. urkel but then you come down here for God, I forgot the name of the other guy that he used to play. But anyways, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> was it like L Lamont? Lamont, something? yeah, something like that. I think it was yeah. um, where you know he was a completely different range, different kind of character. And <laughs> it's just interesting how a lot of folks sometimes tend to think that there isn't a need for potential coaching that and, and and learning a little bit when it comes down to the acting part because a lot of people think that you're just sitting there reading the book versus performing mm -hmm. the book do you yeah. find that too that when you tell people that y you you know narrate books that you're like oh so you read them <laughs> yeah they'll they'll say that like some of the most frustrating things i'll ask or say is um so how does it so how long does it take you and do you actually read the whole book <laughs> and 
how can I do that? I think <laughs> I could do that. I think I'd be great at that. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to teach you how to take my job. <laughs> like, unless you're very different from me and I can see that you have a good work ethic, I'm not mm -hmm. going to teach you how to take my job, especially for free. Yeah, right. It always happens when people do that. And I'm like, I'm all up for developing and helping a girl out. But man, I've gotten screwed over by people that I've because oh, no. I'm, out of the kindness of my heart have I'm a developer as, as far as a learner as well for my strength finders talk about corporate speak and mm -hmm. uh, but I love doing that I love helping others learn and teach and so I, I teach and then I've gotten fucked over and so now I'm very very particular about who I spend my time with nowadays because mm -hmm. of that same thing but I, I think that's the whole misconception of a lot of different careers right but specifically one that is so flexible as far as you make your own hours, you can travel and still work if you need to based on, you know, renting a studio and people just think it's really easy, but I'm like, no, it's not. And even if you're good at it, you should still do some coaching. Just you'd be surprised at things that you can learn. Right. Yeah. In the time that you started putting back in 2020 to now, how has your process changed? If anything, my process has definitely changed in speed. Uh, I used to take way longer there and there are just there are little things you learn along the way even not doing like the the snap method so like when you make a mistake snapping and and, and you keep going and you just do like basically what do you call it a free roll but yeah. doing the punch the punch and roll so actually like stopping and going back to the part where you you know where you didn't mess up and continuing there so that just has saved so much time but also like me knowing how to narrate for, with <laughs> each book i feel like i get at least a percentage, you know, no matter how small or big, I I get better. That's and good. That really helps. It, yeah. Because yeah, the confidence part is probably the biggest thing that everyone needs to stay focused in that moment and and be confident that you are the person to tell this story. You are the only person that can tell the story, and you must tell this story. Yeah, you have to mm -hmm. have that confidence in you. Yeah, that imposter syndrome loves to creep up, though. <laughs> yeah, but it, it doesn't it doesn't serve us, especially when we're in the True. booth. So I, I do find that comforting because when you're in front of an audience, that's one thing you're you're much more cognizant of them listening to you in real time. But when you're alone in the booth, you can remember that you must be connected 100 percent of the time or you're not serving the text. You're not serving your listener. Before you get into the booth, do you have some form of. Uh ritual or practice of your mantra anything that before you know that moment that kind of gets you all riled up or some exercises yeah i i warm up a lot so like in one of one because i'm a theater teacher I, I already thought of my other truth two truths and a lie so don't worry so i'm a theater <laughs> teacher full-time here and so i know like all the warm-ups i know all like the stuff about our anatomy and things like that mm -hmm. but it was a coach named Nick Redman that really helped me develop my warm-up re regimen. And I'm not here to, like, promote her or anything otherwise, but but I would. But um, <laughs> but really just, you know, getting your, your body warmed up and aligned, focusing on your breath, and starting with sound and then taking things to speech and articulation, like going through that pattern. And then my husband knows. He's like, uh, you know, I, you, you're, you're always singing before you go in the booth. I always know you're about to go in the booth because you're singing. And that's <laughs> kind of my thing. Who needs that red light on, on your door saying I'm about to record, right? When you can just hear you singing down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That yeah. and like I'll go I'll go around, I'll be like, you know, like I'll I'll amp myself up. I'll be like, you know, like I'm the shit. I'm amazing. I could do this. <laughs> so <laughs> Everybody's gonna, welcome. Yeah, you're not gonna lie. There's moments too, especially when I first started. And I, to this day, after nine years, I still get nervous sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm still going, All right, you got this girl. You can do this. It's just fine. Yeah. It's you know, they put their pants on the same way that you do. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do you narrate also or i do not no 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 this is strictly the okay, vibe so the, the, about podcast yes the yeah. podcasting and sometimes even when i do panels because i you know when i go to conventions and i and i do learnings and workshops and things like that right before going on i need to convince myself that i know what i'm doing and mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just uh, getting that energy up because a lot of times people think that it's just a you know, and some people do it. I, I know some people are, they seem to just kind of waltz into the room and, and be completely confident. Some of us might need a little bit more work and others, yeah. you know, even I, though I may not be a narrator because I listen to other podcasts and, you know, when I'm editing this stuff, I'm like, I should have warmed up before talking to so-and-so because I can feel my mouth and the mouth noise being a lot mm-hmm. more tight. And so even I have learned, you know, even tricks from you guys that you guys have shared throughout the, the time to do things here and there to not only mentally and emotionally get me going, but also physically get me to a point where we have these chats and it's like, Hey, what's up? We're just catching up. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, aside from the routines and the prep work, do you get an opportunity to talk to the authors to get a little bit more insights, you know, and any other in- info that they might be able to provide you or are you not? I try. Well, th- that's one thing I like about the more independent or small publisher side of things. Because it, if it's someone like, uh, say, East House Productions, like I'm, I've only done one series with them, but I'm like friends with the author, you know, now. And I and I wasn't. No one said like, don't talk to her or anything mm-hmm. like that. Whereas with the publisher, a lot of the bigger ones, they're like, no, you every all communication has to go through me, them, the producer, or They'll be like, just send us a list of questions and we will relay that to you. Okay. And and then I'm just a little, not superstitious, but I I don't, I never want to fuck anything up. So I don't contact them until it's on sale. You know, like I, I'll follow them on social media after it's on sale, if it's a publisher title. But other than that, I will, with my independent authors, I like to give them the full experience. I'm like, you know what? We're, you know, we're paying for this whole production. We're making this work. We're, we're going to do everything we can. I like to have a Zoom with them before I even start. Mm. And I like, you know, I give them a little intro packet for them to read through that answers a lot of their questions. And, but I just, I like to get to know them and what, you know, what, what they're all about before I get started working on, on their words. It's, it's, it's a pretty sacred thing. It's like they're little Bible babies. <laughs> like not to get religious. I don't want to piss anybody off, but no. <laughs> it's, it's like they're, it's like they're little Bible babies. Yeah. Well, I mean, these, these the authors have worked very long and tiresome on a variety of different facets to get that book out from coming up with the stories to writing it, to editing, the marketing, the graphic design work. I mean, there's so many different layers. And then they're yeah. trusting you with their yeah. baby to to make sure that the pronunciations of certain cities or names are done correctly or that the cadence of this character is done this way versus that way and all this other things that go into it. Mm-hmm. So I, I I appreciate it when the time is taken to recognize that part of the work versus just, uh, 
it says here in the chapter 34 that they're Russian, but I'm just going to do this other accent. <laughs> you're yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's definitely one of the things that make independent work fun. Yeah. Because you don't get that. Like, I'll, I'll always want to do it because I love that relationship you build with mm-hmm. them, with the author. Yeah. And sometimes the authors have no clue that it could be done this way or that way or that there might be some other little nuances that they may not even realize that it could have been a conversations because depending on past experience or no experience at all, if this is their first audiobook ever, um, they don't recognize or realize that there are all these other moments where you can connect with the narrator and say, hey, <laughs> this character has a bit of a list, but doesn't really come up until book seconds in the in the series. But just so yeah. you know, since it's book one. <laughs> yeah, all those little things help. Does, mm-hmm. does. Once you have that information, how do you go about deciding how these characters are going to sound and tones? Because it's different than having an accent versus the cadence and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Well, definitely, like, if the writing is good and strong, and I, I'd i like to say that, you know, 90% of the stuff I've done is good writing. Like, there might be a few from the beginning that were a little boring or a little bit, you know, they weren't like... Nobel Barry Prize. I don't know. I don't know any of the award names, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, like they weren't, they weren't um, to your Potter, liking, yeah. You know, <laughs> not not even to my liking, but like not so specific. But a lot of the ones I do read, you'll notice the characters jumping out at you, the patterns of their speech, like or their vocabulary, or their attitudes and and their energies, like they kind of jump out at you if you're really reading with um sort of a director's mind really because because we've got a I believe that we, we have to first interpret it like a director we interpret that text like a director and then we flesh it out like every actor in the show like a, it's like a one-person show mm-hmm. so when they jump out at me and I imagine them in my head and that's what I always use to to govern it not oh I'm really good at accents so I'm just going to throw in I'm going to give this character you know like a Middle Eastern accent because I can do that I don't do it like that because it doesn't it's not our job to make ourselves look like how how look look how many things I can do. But it's it's our job to be like, I can just channel this story. I can channel this author's words and, you know, say what they couldn't say or how they couldn't say it. <laughs> right. Because when we're reading the book, we eyeball reading, you know, it's it's we can, I, at least for me, I kind of see like a movie play out and the characters, yeah. you know, launch out, you know, onto my quote unquote screen based off of the descriptive and what the character is showing me based on what the author wrote. And that could also be, you know, if they get excited, they start talking a lot faster. Um, If it's a moment where the best friend pops in and she knows that she has to kick some ass. So she, you know, before she gets through that door, she's going to prep herself, but we don't know that until, you know, based off of other conversations that we find maybe later on, that's what they have to do. So it's one of those where we find the information from the author, but sometimes there's always room for like, okay, I could do it this way or I can do it that way. Yeah. And that is definitely where, you know, the experience of the narrator and sometimes that freedom is great that you're able to have that to give us the listeners a little bit more oomph, right? Yeah. Well, you have to understand like the the state, like the basically that like the ener- the energy, the state of energy of, of the scene and also the state of being of whatever character perspective you're giving. So, you know, if it's something, I don't know, something as simple as like, look, here he comes. What are, are you worried? Do you care about that? 
Are you excited? Are you turned on? Like, you know, look, here he comes. Or like, oh, look, here he comes. <laughs> or, you know, if we were to get sexual, which we won't, but there, there's so <laughs> there's so many different ways you can interpret it, but it depends. It depends on the situation. So being specific and understanding where you're at in the story is just so, I think it's why we get so kind of, um, I don't know how to say it in a PC way. You know, <laughs> what do you mean by like how we get so emotionally involved you know, like, or? No, we, we get so like good at shifting what is needed. So, you know, you go through a million different character personalities, a million different states of being, and you're, you know, you're, you're expressing a whole, a whole world and the ability to shift through that narrative character dialogue, inner monologue and, and different perspectives. It's, it's just kind of shifty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it there. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like when I say something, the one thing I always say is like, I don't know that I pissed you off unless you tell me, or you have that reaction right in front of my face. Right. Because yeah. I don't know if I said something or how I said it, it could have been misinterpreted because we all hear what one is saying, but you know, then we have the, our moods. Like when we, that's why I always like texting or email reading. I'm always like, mm -hmm. okay, if I'm in a pissy ass mood, that text that you that comes through that says, okay, fine, may just be, okay, <laughs> fine, versus, okay, fine. You know, <laughs> and so it's one of those where you kind of have to have that conversation of like, hey, I, I noticed a, a little bit of a shift in your body language if we were fortunate enough to see it in front of each other. Or am I reading this the right way? I just want to make sure because I don't want to go, bitch, what the fuck, if it wasn't <laughs> meant like that. Or also let me know if I get to be bitch, what the fuck moment, because I will get you there if I have to. And, yeah. and, and, and then be fighting words. But that's where the conversation <laughs> needs to happen, I think, regardless of the scenario, whether it's the author that gets your first 15 minutes and say, hey, love what you did there, but that's not exactly the the, the character. That's somebody else. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, can we can we connect real quick? Because, you know, I have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to check in with you on that. <laughs> and, and a lot of times we will probably save a lot of anguish and angst if that conversation would just happen. I mean, we say it about mm -hmm. the books all the time, right? Like if they would have just talked to each other. Yeah. Like, well, it happens sometimes. And it's how you handle it after you, you find out. Right. I think that's also key. Once you know, mm -hmm. how do you handle that? And then kind of go yeah. from there. Mm -hmm. But like being direct is I, that's why I'm I have no problem with people being direct in the beginning. Yeah. You know, like I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not sensitive like that. I can take anything. It's just like, just tell me so we don't waste <laughs> our time, you know? Yeah, it, it's and that's true. I mean, again, open lines of communication and knowing that there it's great that you won't get offended, but also like, be nice. I mean, <laughs> you can be kind, yeah. you know, and yeah, stuff like that and professional without busting out with like any sort of just you know meanness or just laziness of being able to not communicate properly it's the other thing too yeah. sometimes i think people can be a little rather lazy and expressing themselves and i'm like take this two seconds breathe <laughs> now how would you say that nicely to get the result that you would like not to remind yeah. them like this is not my kid i'm talking to but still sometimes they need it <laughs> yeah. yeah oh believe me <laughs> when i work with i work with teenagers every day and i'm like oh, no God. what was your intention because uh -huh. I am not taking that. You are not talking to me like that in my house, mm -hmm. my classroom, my house. You right, will yep. not speak to me like that. What was your intention? Try again. Mm -hmm. Yep. I will find myself saying things like, and how could you have said that differently in order to get the result that you were looking for? Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of times people just need to stop for a second and just 
think of that before for sure the intent oh it would make for a nice better world but one day one day right Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe probably in probably in space i've been doing like a lot of sci-fi lately yeah like i'm like maybe we will we will leave this place maybe i don't know yeah maybe it's a different atmosphere right we get into a different you know (laughs) mach zero whatever kind of thing and people will hopefully realize ooh. Being nice does not take that much energy or, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Just be nice. Be kind, people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You brought up accents before. And as listeners, we do love them. And I think it doesn't really matter what kind it is. And it's just nice when it's done properly. Do you have a favorite accent to perform? Like in books or just in general? Because there are some that I love performing, but they just haven't showed up in books I've done yet. Okay, well, how about both? We never know. You might get cast in a book now with the accent since you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so I love um, Australian accents. And I know there are, are different ones based on the region and whatever, where you've been. Like, I get it. I know dialect. There are dialects, too. But Australian's one I really like playing around with. Um, different kinds of British accents I love. And I I like a good general like central european accent i love doing those too yeah and i'm pretty mixed i'm pretty mixed race so like no one can really get mad at me 99 <laughs> percent of the time nobody can get mad at me it's pretty great <laughs> yeah i mean again important conversations to have right but knowing yeah. also too that the there might be certain things that we have limits on based on ethnicity or background and mm-hmm. you know there might be a better uh, you know, option out there opportunity wise for to recast it if it's not the right one. But yeah, being uh, having that mix. Do you mind uh, if I ask you what's your background for your mix? Yeah. So, well, um, so I'm Greek and I'm black and I'm Native American with a sliver of Scottish somewhere down the line. Wow. Yeah. But that's mainly it. Did you do one of those tests to find out or? Just more family conversations. I did. I did one of those tests as well. But no, but I've just I've always known those mm-hmm. things. Okay. Uh, the other things that came out, I was like, oh, OK, I'm a little bit like a teensy bit Middle Eastern. And um, basically from everywhere. The white people are not from. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm curious about mine. So I might do it one of these days um, being from first generation American, my mom was from Chile and my dad was from Cuba. And if you keep going backwards, there's like Italian and, you know, natives of South Americans and stuff like that. But I'm like, I know there's a European in there. It's like just to kind of pinpoint some of these things. Um, But in the meantime, I'm like, I'm just a mutt. I have a little bit of everything and that's okay. (laughs) I love it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I really like because obviously I've lived in. I live here now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so question how did you end up there you know because it's one of the i mean i always find it fascinating when people travel period and then they're like oh, i'm gonna stay in a completely different country to to work you know yeah mm-hmm. i just i really i wasn't allowed to just be an actor when, when i was going you know when i was like 17 i was like i just want to run away and be an actor on stage <laughs> my parents were like no you need to have a job that has consistent pay and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, fine, I'm going to go study here a million miles away. And they're <laughs> like, nope, you need to graduate with a degree before you leave 
And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I was stuck. I was only allowed to apply to my local university. And and I, I did. I got into a, a specialized, like, s- small enrollment theater program, which was great. Like, it was amazing. I loved it. But then the moment I graduated, I I got my teaching degree as well. So I got I had two degrees. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to stay here in, like, my hometown. I'm not going to stay here and be broke. I'm not going to, you know, because a lot of people who even graduated as teachers yeah. in my town, they were just, they were back at Starbucks. They were back at McDonald's. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me. So I left and I applied to a bunch of schools around the world to be a drama teacher there with my theater degree and whatever, my education degrees, I was like qualified to do it. So I did it. And a lot of schools hired me right out of university. And once I started, I didn't think I was going to do it forever. I thought I was going to do it for like a couple of years, but now it's been like a really long time and it it just, it, it worked. And I'm glad that I at least that I started out there. Um, just, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the experience that I had with. Yeah. 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 So I ended up here in Hong Kong. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because sometimes we're like, I'm not going to stay in my hometown. You know, you went the freaking a all the way across to different continents and <laughs> literally yeah. the opposite end of the world for, for where we're here. And, but that's awesome. I know that, um, teaching is a love of mine. I wanted to be a, a teacher when I was in high school. And then I started working for the school system and I'm like, mm, yeah, no, <laughs> the that's pay. The thing I would never be a teacher back home. That's the thing. Cause it's, yeah. It's yeah. So many Especially things in the U S <laughs> yeah, so US. many things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, no. And then I ended up marrying a teacher. And so I, I see all oh, the, cool. Yeah, I see all the things and stuff like that. But I, every once in a while, I'm like, hey, honey, do you want to go like to another country and you can teach English to non-speakers in that country and we can make more money and just be in a different place? <laughs> He's looking yeah. at me like, maybe. I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah, let me know. Oh, yeah. I know people like around the world now, because once you nice. work at a couple schools, you know, like everybody. So let me know. We'll, I will you know, do that. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I, it's fascinating to me to to be a lot of people think, oh, you're uplifting your roots and you're moving somewhere else. It's scary when you leave. Hell, I left for four hours away and I drove from Miami to Orlando <laughs> and it was a little scary. And also having parents as, you know, especially the, if they're immigrant parents or a little bit older generation, my mom did not believe that I was leaving Miami to move away until she saw me put the boxes in the truck to leave oh, i know yeah. and, and then everyone i would get calls i'm like bb i wanted to stop by and buy you some pastelitos to bring to your house and then i remembered that you're in orlando <laughs> i'm like oh my god oh. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted a few years oh goodness um but you know it's just one of those things where it's a, you know having that it kind of tells us generationally right where our parents are but they're like you have to yeah. have a degree and you're like, fine. And I know other people that will listen to this, like, you're an adult. Why do you have to listen to your parents and do what they say if you're over 18? Like, it all depends on your ethnicity and your background, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kick our asses. It doesn't matter how old we get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like, now I go back and it's like, everybody's doing THC products. Everybody's <laughs> swearing. Everyone's doing everything I was yelled at for doing when I was a teenager. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I see how it is. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was before my time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same thing when or when our parents become grandparents. You know, the whole, you know, don't eat the cookie before dinner. 
goes away mm-hmm. for the grandkids. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what do you mean they can have the cookie? They don't have to eat their vegetables. Like, no, those were the fights, especially with my niece <laughs> when she was a kid. I'm like, mom, you didn't let us do it. Why are you letting her do it? She goes, I. She's just I'm like, stop, mother. I think sometimes they learn the the where the importance lies versus the requirements. Plus, they get to now their grandparents. They just return them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cookies over mm. the rules always. Yeah, now the adult in us goes, I'm going to cake first, and that's okay. yeah i feel like our generation i think we're around the same age i think so but i feel like our generation it was all like no you have to do this you have to do that with no with almost no logic behind it and now we're like you know what i'm gonna stay up till you know three in the morning watching cartoons and eating cake (laughs) yeah no one could tell me anymore right (laughs) i'm telling you it's just one of those like oh i can stay up one more chap because of one more chapter and not get in trouble even if I have to work the next day at you know ungodly hours or stuff like that. But then again, now I'm the adult and I make my own schedule because I work from home. So I have nothing recording or booking or anything to do before 10 o'clock in the morning. Nice. It can be. It can be. But then I'm also working weekends and nights. So, yeah. <laughs> mm. But it's a passion. And just like audiobooks, I'm sure is for you. Is there a particular type of scene in a book that you're like, yes, we're getting to that one. That you just love performing yeah well and these the, these are the ones that i i like don't i don't have as many pickups or like mm-hmm. mistakes <laughs> do your listeners do your listeners know all the terms i always try to air with the yes but at the same time we always get new folks so please tell us exactly for in case those that may not know what the these terms are for pickups for an example yeah so pickups are just basically when you make a mistake and you get sent a list of the things you made a mistake on and you have to re-record it. So we call them pickups. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, no problem. Um, so I get way less pickups if it's mm-hmm. a really spicy scene <laughs> or if it's a really like there's like murder involved. It's high tension. Okay. <laughs> I do a lot of uh, <laughs> horror and romance. So mm-hmm. like these come frequently. <laughs> oh my goodness. Talk about opposite side of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. When it comes down to these genres, I will say though that a lot of the authors I've spoken to recently, maybe within the past year and a half, when I asked them the question of like, is there a genre that you have yet to write in that you'd want to? Horror has been coming up way more often than I'm like, is it because of the pandemic? Have you been stuck at home with someone that you're like, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) So they're like, no, it's a challenge. I'm like, okay, who hurt you? There's a lot of good, like, psychological stuff coming yes. out. Good, good. And so, even just within romance, just mm-hmm. different different subgenres are coming out, like a lot of sci-fi. Yes. But romance as well. And, yeah, I'm so excited about some of, some stuff that's coming up. Good, good. I mean, that's the thing with romance that I do love is that it's an umbrella term, and we have all these different subgenres underneath there from the PNRs to the sci-fi to the do like the cozy mysteries or romantic suspense. If you want to have things go kaboom and try to figure out who done it to the contemporaries to even the Amish romance where things fade to black or Hallmark yeah. as I like to call them. Cause there's always something for everybody. Um, and I nothing... call them Hallmark too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's certain ones I'm like, I love this. It's like a Hallmark movie. It's so yes, cute. I know I'm a sucker for Hallmarks. I think I'm all for, I'm like, a girl, I have an imagination. I'm good. But when there's that tension or the banter, that to me are usually the, the best parts of the books for me. The spicy stuff oh, yeah. is always a little bit more like bonus. 
and uh, are like, mm, didn't I know that was what it was called and did not realize I had that kink. Good to know. Um, <laughs> so you kind of <laughs> like, okay, I'm learning here. But yeah, a good story. I'm all there Ooh. for sharing it with everyone. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's when it's a good story. Yeah. So since you like the Hallmarks, do you kind of like find yourself around the holidays more into the Hallmark stuff or no? <laughs> um, Sometimes, yeah. Cause, and the thing is, I I don't usually like Hallmark movies unless... Wait, was it Lifetime? Who did the VC Andrews? Who's been doing the VC Andrews movies? Oh, do you know? Do you know what I mean? No, she I don't. She was my favorite author growing up. So like, VC Andrews. I have to look that up. She, aka he, the ghostwriter was he, mm-hmm. Andrew Niederman. But, um, but I think it, it might be Lifetime. So if it's stuff like that, I I'll watch it any time of the year. If it's like that romantic holiday movie type stuff, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> but that didn't happen until I started narrating. I didn't really like those those ones till I started narrating. Narrating. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I think it's when I started reading more romance that I started going, "Oh, Hallmark, okay." And <laughs> and, and then they they did a couple of things too that I'm going, "Oh, she fell in love with the ghost. Okay, that's gonna be interesting. How are they gonna get away from that? You know, or or with it kind of a thing. It's always interesting sometimes the how how are they going to get there." is always part of the the interesting fact because from a romance perspective we all know there's going to be an hea happily ever after yeah. they're going to get yeah. together i just want to know how mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly. my that's my thing with it's um, funny you mentioned the ghost because uh i've got an upcoming one no really? I, I i am i am the ghost you are the ghost <laughs> i am the ghost yeah and yeah the, there's some love between the ghost and the human oh my it's goodness re- it was, it's really cute yeah uh-huh. really really different too <laughs> i'm gonna check that <laughs> one out you have to tell us later when she when that yeah. is okay but it's definitely something that i think because there's so many different genres you kind of also have the ability to do these different ones of all the genres that you have done which one have you not done yet that you really want to um oh yeah and it's it's a shame because i think i'd be really good at it it's just uh thriller i want to do more thriller and uh young adult because i do i do like the mo like my continuum my spectrum it's like it's like all or nothing it's like either like children's like straight up children's like really good stuff that's children's or like all the way to the other end like straight up erotica and and i do that under a pseudonym but there's not much in between it's either the most like explicit or the most innocent. That's hmm. what I find I have. I get yeah. Hmm. I mean there there is some in between like with you know with the sci-fi and horror and stuff like that. But but generally it's just it's not that middle stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So do you like to do the sci-fi aside from the the more, do more thrillers? But you've done sci-fi. You've done contemporary. What other stuff and genres that you have that you enjoy doing? A lot of gay stuff. <laughs> like just in general like i'm doing like a gay a gay nonfiction. i'm about to start recording like i i do that i do gay historical fiction gay rom-com gay mm romance gay 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 <laughs> a lot of gay stuff and i'm here for it because yeah especially like in, yeah in sci-fi we're finally getting lgbtqia2s plus representation yes. and i'm i'm freaking here for it like i'm like yeah because you never we we didn't have that really and if if someone was like queer they were you you would just allude to it in these kind of sci-fi stories they would allude to it yeah know, or it was a secondary character that we didn't get any information aside for that one scene that they popped in and out of right 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, or like you'd feel bad for them. But now it's just like, you know what? No, Victoria's freaking hot and she's going to bang every girl she wants to because she's hot and she's powerful. Yeah. I love that. Like I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> it it's definitely one that I, I am finding that people are not only the authors are more wanting to and willing to write it, but also the readers and the listeners are willing to look into it and check it out. And it's important. The representation yeah. is important as much as people want to say, oh, you know, I, I, I don't identify with the girl because she's a size two and I'm a size 16. And I'm going, well, OK, mm-hmm. well, what about the fact that when you fall in love with your partner? They're not the opposite gender. It's, you know, fill in the blank of the uh, options mm-hmm. that we have in the world. And how about the representation there? And, yeah. and that's important. You know, and it's, I think it's great that we're finally starting to see it more. I know that I actually had a lot of clients that were um, writers in that wrote MM and the the printer, the publisher right now is no longer in business for <laughs> bad behavior. But um, it was mm. great to see the authors writing these love stories in paranormal and contemporary. And, you know, they did uh, all sorts of different genres and writing that happily ever after for the two men or the two women or the non-binaries, tra- transgender. And it's just nice. I'm like, I, I want love for everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm totally like, I'm honored to be a part of this, this shift in literature. Yeah, it's good. And also, too, the, the, finding the narrators that are going to do it justice. Because unfortunately, like, even with, with accents, that whole stereotypical, he's Irish. And then you're like busting out the lucky charms. Irish, yeah. you know, you don't want that for an accent and you don't want that kind for any, you know, that kind of stereotypicalness to any kind of character in, in yeah. a human being. I would like to do Irish. I've got like Irish friends and like I'm accents are one of my things, but I, I don't remember. I don't think I've heard any audiobook hmm. done in with Irish or or done well. Yeah. Well, there's I, a couple that I can of... think of. Yeah, there's a couple of I'm narratives sure you that do recommendations. It. Yeah. Absolutely, but I will say it's kind of funny too, as as readers and listeners. Sometimes we think we know more or better than that of the narrator or the author, and there's mm-hmm. been two instances which I find freaking hilarious, where the narrator is Irish in one of them, and he has his na- na- <laughs> native accents. I mean, and he's really good with accents in general. And then in this one particular book and review, it was an Irish accent, and he did the Irish accents, and the person's like. That's not a real Irish accent. And I'm going, oh, do you <laughs> referring to this is an Irish individual kind of a thing. And then another time it was a, a British narrator and got the, the review of his British accent just sucks. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> dude, he's British and like British as they come, you know, traditional London kind of accent where you think <laughs> it was hilarious. I love it. It's one of those moments where like, <laughs> so <laughs> but another yeah so it's one of those yeah there's a couple of uh good irish um uh, narrators that do irish accents i'll let you know uh, off air who they are um uh, because they yeah. do a really good job and for you to cool. listen to how they that works but it, again it goes back to the having the the, uh, the narrators with that information and having them be able to do a good accent even if it's just enough that we can say "Ooh, irish right versus yeah thickness because if i went to i mean i love a good highlander story um but i also know that if i had to listen to someone actually from you know scottish accent it's gonna be a long ass book because they're the, the scottish accent's heavy and it ain't sexy 
if you're doing it, you know, all the time like that. I'm like, mm, 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 no. Then I hear, <laughs> then I hear Scotty from Star Trek. I can't do it, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. But I'm glad that you're doing more, you know, re- you know, queer books out there that are the authors are writing them and that you're being able to narrate them. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I, I like doing straight books, too, or or like bi awakening books. Mm hmm. Those are always fun. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. I just I'm I'm lucky or no, I'm not lucky. I, I worked my ass off. Good. And now I'm I'm grateful for the, the the array of things I can do. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes people are like, oh, I was lucky. Like, there's a little bit of luck involved in everything, but you also have yeah. to work your ass for it. And I think that that's where it's important. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so one of the things I do love to play with my guests to get to know them better is the true truth and a lie. And so if you're ready with your three things, of which one you had to redo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I take out that one. All right. All right. Ready? Yep. All right. I have lived on every continent except for Antarctica, Antarctica and Oceania. Uh, I have had a few near-death experiences and I have been married for five years. Okay. Perfect. And these are the things where you're like, details, details, details are all the things. Um, Yeah. They married for five years. We don't know that you're married. Now we have to figure out if it's been five years or more or less. Um, lived in every continent except for two and had had near-death experience. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. All of which very possible. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. So fun, right? That near-death experience, fantastic. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Is the lie that you've had the near-death experience? No. Mm- okay. Hmm. Oh, you do like to travel and you've been teaching for a while. So you've been, <laughs> see what I mean? See, 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 but every continent. Yeah. Hmm. Is that the lie then that living in every continent except for the two? Yeah. Cause I haven't, I haven't lived in South America or Africa either. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yet. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm yeah. Things are really comfortable here. Yeah. That's good. So, wow. Okay. So married for five years. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. But um, um that's crazy near death experiences. Those are never cool. No, they're weird though. And like, yeah. they make for good stories if you make it. That is like, true. People always love they love hearing those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And sometimes Another they're time. like, mm, <laughs> Yes, right. The next time that you come on the podcast, we're like, okay, so the last time you were here, you know, we were getting to know mm-hmm. you, but now that we're friends and we are BFFs about that near death experience, do tell. <laughs> Yeah, there's like the to be continued. Yes, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You work with words all day long. And I always find it fascinating to see what your favorite word is. And that's different from your favorite curse word because that's the second part of the story, of the question. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, you took it away. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. My favorite word. I think uh, just when I learn a new word and I can say it, and it doesn't feel like tricky. That becomes your favorite. Yeah, when when I can when I can say it and it sounds natural and it's and it's a big word, mm. or if I learn that I've been mispronouncing something my whole life, those are kind of my favorite, my favorite words because I'm like, oh, whoa, like we're always learning and it it makes it so, it's never boring. But I can't think of I can't think of a specific one. Okay. Off the top of my head. Yeah, that works. Though. I mean, it's it's good to again being a learner is always a good thing. I think. Yeah. And finding sure. and finding that joy of having a favorite word that's 
different every single time it becomes a new favorite that's always a good thing too so yeah i'm just i'm curious af you take that in whatever <laughs> way you want but i'm just a, i'm a curious person that's good curiosity there's nothing wrong with it uh, <laughs> so long as you know what the potential um biting might happen afterwards for being if you want to take that biting yeah (laughs) (laughs) i knew we were gonna be friends (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i always take a call i mean i'm all for taking a risk or or checking something and trying something new just as long as you know what's the you know the outcomes could be or you know like don't put your hands over a hot stovetop thinking does this burn i'm like "Eh, how about you eat get a little closer does that irritate you yeah and it's gonna burn <laughs> but if you want that burn go for it <laughs> yeah so on the second part of that question being what's your favorite curse word um <laughs> probably fuck <laughs> <laughs> why did you laugh like that like <laughs> just because i think that's the first time i realized i swore in this but i probably i probably yes. dropped it a few other ones no, actually, I just you've I been never really realize good. what I am. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. That's why I always tell my guests. They, they usually swear a lot. Some of them do. It it's been really interesting. I've had some authors, particularly, and even some narrators that have, you know, they they curse in the books. There's no problems in the books cursing it or when they're narrating it, but then they're talking to me and it's like prim and proper. No, you know, there's shenanigans and you know, f- you know, freaks and stuff like that, little other words instead of cursing. And then there's others that are like completely dropping you know fuck this bullshit that whatever and it's perfectly Mm. fine that's also why i say it is an 18 plus over but i always find it fascinating sometimes when those some do and don't i'm like do you realize that in your last book you had 200 fucks and you did not say it once in this podcast the entire time you know it's it's hard because it's like we go into kind of like marketing mode when it's our face on it but when it's somebody else's words where you know (laughs) that that is our job We're, we're there to give the other words and if we if we feel that inc- uncomfortable we won't do the work or we'll use a pseudonym but it, it's a, it's such like a you know we're representing our business when we're when we're just out there speaking freely with no agent <laughs> <laughs> yeah no manager to to control us yeah i know trust me um unfortunately i do <laughs> know that <laughs> i will yeah. say though that you know for me i'm the girl that believes that you can take me into the corporate business meeting with the executive and know that I will be professional and not quote unquote curse unless it's like that moment of your, if I'm doing some from a presentation in my case for the day job, it wouldn't come up at all because mm-hmm. I work for Disney, but in other cases, oh, yeah. sometimes it's needed. But even when I'm doing workshops and things like that, it's all about who the audience is for me. If the audience mm-hmm. is romance, I will bust out with something like, okay, just so you know, I can use fuck as an adjective, a verb and a pronoun. So, you know, <laughs> Mm, just letting you know and it's, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah and it's also awesome that they've done the studies that it, growing up i was always told i was better and i'm not cursing because i would have to use my my brain and be able to articulate you know more and kind of come across smarter and i'm going no i'm just as intelligent if i tell you to go fuck off versus take a long <laughs> walk off a very short pier and sometimes yeah. people i think are now realizing that you know you do have to new re- hole your audiences in my case, for this podcast, the audience varies, and they all know that I love and adore them. So, you're gonna hear a fuck here or there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're romance. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Comes in different areas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I agree. I think sometimes people need to realize that you are 
your brand and you are your 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 business and how you behave in public says a lot and how we can conduct the business aside is different so that's also true mm-hmm. it's always about whatever is most comfortable for you guys as my guests so yeah yeah that's important yeah i try not to make the decisions from fear but just to be you know truly you and not come at anything from with the intention to be you know a jackass or to, or or be hateful or anything like that yeah well, I want you to be your authentic self with me and on this yeah. show kind of a thing. It, I think that it can be kind of hard sometimes for some folks to be authentically themselves. And but mm-hmm. I also want them to be comfortable. And, and I always think of it like you guys are coming over to my house technically and I'm inviting you to come over. So I want you to be safe and feel, you know, that you can be yourself and let your guard down. But I'm also going to protect you. And if you both out saying something, that, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be like, hey, you know, I love you. Right. But we're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, ding, ding, ding. Let's not talk about that. You guys have also aired out your own pseudonym sometimes. And it's hilarious how that happens. So I'm always like, no, mental punch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't say mine. No. I'm ashamed. I love him. I love my pseudonym, but it's just not for everybody to know. Yeah, I think also that's kind of a bit of that whole mystery and mm, you kind of have to have fun with, right? A little Mm -hmm. bit. So it's always good. It's about being the respectfulness. I know some fans who love a narrator, their logic behind trying to find out what that pseudonym is, maybe to get, quote unquote, more books from that individual. But the reality Mm -hmm. is it's something that I've always told everyone is respect the individual's preference to not share the info. If you stumble across it, fine, keep it to yourself. Posting it online, in comments, that's something I've been seeing lately, especially with the newer audio groups that are for fans Mm -hmm. and listeners, is that they're busting out sharing pseudonyms. Just because you might be open to it, like let's say that you were completely fine with anybody knowing who it was and you're sharing it here, it's still not my place to share that information anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like someone, somebody outed um, a narrator pseudonym on my Instagram in my comments, but another narrator messaged me and was like, Hey, somebody like outed this narrator. I'm like, Oh, okay. I didn't even know. Like, I don't always see every comment, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'll shut that down right away. <laughs> yeah. And just tell the person be like, Hey, guess what? Not cool. Yeah. I have to have that conversation a few times. And, and there's also because we have waves of new listeners coming into the, this world of ours all the time especially mm-hmm. since the past pandemic, there's been a lot of educating that we've had to do, unfortunately. And some people don't give a flying fuck, unfortunately. Yeah. And those are the ones that were like, okay, well, you're not welcomed in our circles and you're not welcoming these groups. And, you know, we're going to let the narrator know that you're continuing to behave this way and bye-bye. And others yeah. will be like, oh my God, I had no idea. And I'm like, do some fucking research, folks. Come on. There's an entire frolic article on this for fuck's sakes. <laughs> but also just common decency. Like if you bust out with, I want to be called by your middle name instead of your first legal name, respect that and just call you by that name that you're giving me. And and that's enough. And that should be enough just because you want me to do that. Yeah. So here's to hoping. But that on, on, the other, on the other side of things, I am a nosy but respectful (laughs) bitch. So (laughs) I want to know everybody's pseudonym just to have for my personal information. I just like to know. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, that there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. I think there's nothing wrong with if you come across it, if someone is sharing it, um, you know, more on a private level 
and and things like that. And sometimes it happens where you know information is shared, or some of you guys have distinct voices, and mm-hmm. there's a cadence and stuff like that. So when you're like, wait a minute, I mean, nothing like listening to a Disney commercial while I'm in the hospital, um, you know, months back and going, oh shit, I know who that is <laughs> because yeah. the voice is distinct. But it's not one of those where I'm going to bust out with, hey guys, guess what? No, I think of uh, no. I think sometimes society nowadays. People are want to be the ones that say, guess what? I know I'm in the loop. I'm in the know. I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's always wanting to one up each other. But again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to know. And if you do your due diligence or if it comes up across or even I've gone to the point where I've invited one as a guest and I'm like, damn, you sound so familiar. And I'm not quite sure, but I'm like, okay. So I emailed them and I said, hey, let me know how close I am to this. And are you also X, Y, Z? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. Appreciate the trust. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, that was right. But at the same time I'm going, I appreciate the trust. It will, you know, mum's the word and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always a fun thing. I think it's fun sometimes to have a certain, if I could do it over again, I probably would for my stuff in business with audiobooks, just for shits and giggles. Be kind of fun. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It, it is cool. Like just knowing that you can tag in somebody else, like your alter ego. It's so fun. Yes. Yeah, especially for you too as an actor as well. Talk about having even a little bit more freedoms and insights to having that kind of part, you know, opportunity as well. Because I know I would love it. <laughs> but in my next time, in my next life, I'll do something like that maybe. Note to self. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for like the the moment that somebody I know like comes to me and they're like, oh my God, there's this one narrator and, and it's my pseudonym. And I'm like, girl, that's me. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, see, I would fuck with them first. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> so do you think that they're sexy? Do you, do you like how they do it? <laughs> and yeah, see, and then they're, when, when they're studying, yeah. To, yeah, they're like, yeah, God, he's hot. I'm like, hmm, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's me. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate you thinking I'm hot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? Yeah. So oddly, I'm doing, uh, I'm working on two nonfiction books. I don't do nonfiction generally, but I've just started booking them out of nowhere. So I have two nonfiction books coming up. And then I have a horror book that I need to record soon too. And that is a really cool one. It's, I think I can say it because I didn't sign an NDA, but it won the 2019 Bram Stoker Award for Horror. It's uh, called Coyote Rage by Owl Going Back. So I'm excited for that one. Like, that's really, it's a, it's, it's a good story. Good. It won an award for a reason, for maybe a few reasons. It's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. And then I think the, is this one, is this one of the nonfiction, the, the language of love and loss? Is that no, one that, of them? that one's, no, that's, um, that was a really heavy, like, I, I, I call it, um, cause there's a lot of gay, it's like chiclet, but it's it's with gay men. So I call it dick. I call it dicklet. I think. Oh my god, that needs to be a sticker. Yeah, <laughs> dicklet is it's here, and I've done a few now. So this is another one of them. Very heavy topics, dark comedy. It's oh. it's a beautiful book. Okay. Yeah, that comes out soon too. Okay. Yeah, it's coming out May twenty third. Yeah, next yeah. week. So it'll be a, it will be available by the time this airs. But I was wondering, oh, too, because the cover looks a little bit more like potentially having it be a nonfiction because it's just a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. 
Because that's usually I'm like that. Okay, yeah, that's that's a nonfiction. But I also love the colors and thing and how they have it there. But I'm so going to have to make that 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 sticker that says Dicklet as far as the genre goes. <laughs> Please do, yeah, it, yeah. I think and tell people on TikTok because TikTok's illegal here. That's why I don't have it. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. Right. I'm not shy or anything. I just I don't. It's you just uh, illegal it, for you. Blocked. Wow. Even if if you send me like a funny TikTok, I you can't, can't look. view it. Yeah, because it it picks up your um your IP address. Yeah. Yeah. No matter um, what. Oh. Yeah, it's it's oh, sad. It's sad. Well, they're trying to ban it here in the states, so. Uh, oh. Yeah, they're trying to as far as making it illegal too. But I'm like, y'all, there's so many other things <laughs> you could be working about and worrying about. You know, I don't know, school shootings, women's rights yeah. to their bodies. You know, really yeah, drag queens. Yeah. You know, let them read them. Let them read their reading. It's okay. Yeah, just to name a few. Those were just three. I mean, really, that you could be focusing on. There's an entire list that yeah. could take precedence before that one, but it is what it is. But yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being part of this year's Audiobook Loving series. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a good time, too. Thank you. Everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today, and we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series. I'll make sure to include Curtis's socials that, that he does have, <laughs> that it's legal for him <laughs> to have, on our main landing page uh, for this year's Audiobook Loving 2023 series over at Viviana Enchanters of Books. And until next time, happy listenings. A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.